Blog Talk Radio. Okay, I'll admit it. I'm an egomaniac. What can I say? Shame on you! As usual, I'm right, you're wrong. Are you kidding me? You are the biggest phony I have ever met. Obviously, clearly, maybe, definitely. A fresh take on sports and entertainment. Dave and Joe tell it like it is. Great talk radio every week. David and Joe are simply the best. I've been listening to Pure Gold ever since I was a baby, and I still do. Pure Gold is the best. I love Pure Gold. Pure Gold. I got two words for you. Pure Gold. (laughs) You guys are awesome. This is Pure Gold with your hosts, David and Joe. And good afternoon, everybody. Good evening, shall I say. It is 7.01, straight up. And Pure Gold is live and on the air for this Thursday, July 21st, 2022. Welcome to the show about anything and everything that tells it like it is. My name is David, a.k.a. Dave, a.k.a. D.G., and I'm joined by my tag team partner and co-host, the one and only, the incomparable, Joe, a.k.a. JB. Sir, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Ready to get another show on the road? If you want to join the program, it's 515-605-9796. That's 515-605-9796. We're going to sprinkle in uh, some baseball talk, some wrestling talk, because Summer Fest, I mean, Summer Slam, is right around the corner, unbelievably, uh, in July, uh, like we talked about last week. And we'll go over the card tonight because um, the card is very underwhelming, but we'll go over that. And um, I want to first, uh, Dave, uh, t- tell you, uh, talk about the Midsummer Classic was Tuesday, the All-Star Game. And um, the recently, like you said, the American League has been dominant in the All-Star Game. I don't know what that is, but... The last couple, what, how many 13 years in a row was that? So, I was looking at the stats. I always like the All-Star game just in the respect that I want the National League to win. That's the only thing I really care about because obviously my team is a National League team. And, you know, for the past however many years, whoever wins the All-Star game gets home field advantage. And the National League has not had home field advantage since 2011, which is insane if you think about it. In 11 years, they have not won a game. Uh, there was the uh, there was the game where it was canceled in 2020, so there was nobody playing that year, obviously, definitely, maybe. But every other year, the American League has won. And uh, I don't know, sir. I know there have been times where the National League has dominated. They won, It was like 33-8-1, I think, over a certain time period, over like a 40-year period. They won 33 times. But the American League right now is at like 27-6-1. And, and that tie in 2002 actually broke up another American League winning streak. So the NL just can't win. They can't win the All-Star game. I don't know why that is. I know we talked about this off the air, but I was hoping my boy Pete Alonzo would have um, won his third All-Star game, uh, you know, home run derby. He did not. He did not get the three-peat. He did not get the trifecta. And I think the Mets should release him simply because of that. <laughs> Well, Juan Soto won the uh, won the home run derby, and um, I was thinking about the home run derby um, before we came on the air. And um, the way they do it is interesting. Um, I was thinking like you start with eight people in the first round, you eliminate two people 
like the least amount of home runs because um, it's not fair that you hit a lot of home runs and you don't advance the next round. You're competing against one against someone else. Don't you think that the the top six advance the next round, then the top four, then the top two, uh, instead of having a head-to-head competition? What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't I don't understand why they went to the head-to-head competition. Um, and I yeah. was also reading that if the, if it was tied in, after nine innings, they were going to go to a home run derby to decide who wins, which is absolutely insane to me. That may be the only way that the National League actually does ever win again. But it, it honestly boggles my mind, sir. Um, I don't understand that mentality. I don't understand that thinking, and I don't get why that's their their idea of, you know, having the guys compete against each other. I do agree. I think if you hit the most home runs, you should win. I mean, bottom line, it just makes the most sense. It's the way that it always was. I know back in the day, it was like two guys competing against each other. But don't you agree, sir, that um, that something's wrong and that it needs to get fixed? I love the old school uh, home run derby when it was an empty ballpark in black and white, one against one. Um, they played nine innings yep. of uh, home run derby. It was so cool uh, to see that. Um, I used to watch that all the time, uh, but now, not that it's a gimmick anyway, but um, yeah, I just think that a home run derby in itself says if you hit the home, most home runs, then you advance the next round. Like, um, there was no reason. I don't think um, a home run derby should be head-to-head. It should be clear if the most home runs advance the next round and uh, eventually gets to the final two, and then that's your home run king. I mean, I think that the fact that, uh, you know, uh, Alonzo didn't three-peat, uh, ironically, uh, or pun, um, is that um, he went up against a guy that was hotter than he was, and he hit more home runs uh, that round. And that's the only reason why I think Alonzo is um, not, not the only reason, but I, I just think that if he hit more home runs than the uh, Soto, it, he should advance the next round. So I, it's it's a uh, it's also long. Um, they they do. I don't know if you, you didn't see it, right? No, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to watch it. I was I was following it, but I did not get a chance to watch it. Yeah. So um, no three feet, um, Alonzo. Um, do you? Uh, he has experience in it. So uh, going into the second half, you're not worried about fatigue, the fatigue factor uh, for Alonzo, right? No, I think after having done it two years, where he actually won it. And, I mean, Pete's a freak of nature, let's be real. I mean, the guy's a monster. He's, he's not even human at this point. So, you know, he's got the, he actually leads the major leagues in RBI, which is amazing. You know, the, the, there's quite a few Mets who are having some good, uh, having some good seasons. You know, there was, there was uh, someone, um, who I'm sure we'll call the program later on, but he was telling me he understand why Lindor didn't make the all-star team. But, I mean, I, I don't know about that. I don't know if Lindor deserves to go. I think the Mets had good representation. McNeil's having a good year. Diaz is having a good year. Um, you know, Marte having a good year. So it's always nice to see my team with, with plenty of guys in the All-Star game. I think that Pete is uh, is a freak, sir. I mean, there's no other way around it. He's a machine. And Yeah, I agree. Uh, he is a machine. Um, I don't think he will be a factor for him because he experienced the home run derby. Um, right. So, yeah, we, we, we reached the All-Star break. Uh, we put that in our rear mirror, and we um, uh, speaking of the All Star game, uh, John Carlo won the MVP, won the silver of the bat, um, New York Yankee, of course, um, and they 
speaking of the Yankees, the Yankees lost the first game of a double dip today uh, to the Houston Astros, um, and they're playing the second game right now as we speak. I think it's 2 nothing already, Astros. So um, that's your update on the uh, Yankees. Um, and one last thing about the All-Star game, do you think – do you th- it's uh, everything about it is gimmicky. Do you think the um, the winner of the American League versus National League should have home field advantage for the World Series? Um, I think it's a gimmick to get people interested because, in all honesty, there's no reason to watch the All Star Game. There's just no. It's just not interesting to me, my personal opinion. Um, and I don't think that anybody really has been into the All Star Game in a long time. So the idea is that if they can do that, right, if they can give some reason for people to say, wow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch the All-Star game because it affects my team in this manner, you know, uh, that's what it is. And I think that's the bottom line, sir. That's what they that want. They want any mind. sort of reason. I mean, but the, the problem I have is that the NL hasn't gotten it in 11 years, so that's a problem. Right. Um. No. It was in Los Angeles this this year. Uh, next year, I'm guessing it's going to be an American League ballpark. Um, I remember back in the day when, like, you know, T. Rose really took it seriously. He actually dove, uh, crashed into the um, the catcher uh, uh, play at the plate. That's when uh, the All-Star game was taken seriously. Now it's, uh, you know, like uh, who's who and um, have fun with, um, you know, just having fun. But, Back in the day, I don't remember that Pete Rose play um, that that um, in the All Star game. He took it very seriously. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't think guys take it as seriously now. You know, same thing in basketball or any other sport. I don't think they really take the All Star game seriously. And you know, it's fun to see the guys interacting with each other. But in all honesty, would you say that the All Star game is an outdated concept because the guys play against each other all year long anyway? Back in the day, this was like the one the one time a year where you could see the American League interact with the National League, but it basically happens every every day of the year at this point. So, should would you just get rid of the All Star Game entirely? Like, what's the point? Just to say you were an excellent an X time All Star, fifteen time All Star, seventy eight time All Star, you know? And you got guys like Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols who were made All Stars simply because of like legacy reasons. I mean, is that really? You know, you, you just got guys, throw, you're throwing them on there because they've had great careers. Uh, what do you think, sir? Should they just get rid of the All-Star game? I mean, if you think of all four sports, um, there's really no need for uh, an All-Star game. Uh, you'd be recognized, yes, um, but you're right. Uh, in baseball, I guess you could do it. In football, it's very, it's awful. I, I can't watch more than five minutes of uh, the Pro Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. If, yeah, if anything. Uh, it's very gimmicky. Um, you know, it's, it's basically two in touch. Well, the problem with the Pro Bowl um, now is isn't wait, sir, isn't the Pro Bowl in? Be, isn't it before or is it after the Super Bowl? I always forget. It's after the Super Bowl now. Oh no! Yeah, it's so a week it's of, it used uh, to be before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a week of uh, the week before Super Bowl, right? Right. Yeah. So I mean. You're you're basically looking forward to the Super Bowl. You want nothing else. You don't care about the the Pro Bowl, right? Would you say the Pro Bowl is the worst of all the major All Star games, like in terms of sports? American. Sports? I would definitely say so. yes. I would definitely agree. Um, okay. It's, it's two in. Yeah. So Go you've got that going. You, you've got the worst of the four major um, sports. You know, in terms of which one is the worst All Star game. 
So, you know, in baseball, it's in the middle of the season, which, okay, same thing in basketball, but then football is at the end of the season. And, you know, what, I don't know if there's, there's really been major injuries because of the All-Star game, but I'd be curious to see if anybody has, like, gotten hurt at the All-Star game. You know, I feel like the guys kind of lollygag it and they're not going 100%, and that that can cause injury just like going 100% can. So there just seems to be a lot of different things going on with that, sir. I, I would say, though, uh, with the All-Star game, if you had a chance to go see it live in person, I think you would have a good time seeing it in person. Yeah, I'm sure. But, again, you also have the players who, again, who, like I said, they're not – we're not giving it a hundred percent. They're kind of lollygagging it. I mean, is that really something you'd want to watch? You know, the All Star game was right. it was in Atlanta, which is close by me. That would have been well, it was supposed to be in Atlanta. That would have been cool to see. Um, you know, I mean, I wouldn't mind going to an All Star game in person one day. I know in 2013 they were at City Field, and I think the idea of it is cool. But I feel like once you've been to an All Star game, you probably have no interest in ever doing it again. True, I get to see all the stars of the the game, and you get to see them all in one. You know, on the in one stadium, it's 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 interesting. I think if I had a chance to go to one All Star game, I, you know, I don't know when City Field. Did City Field recently host an All Star game? No, right? No. Well, I just said it. 2013. Oh, 2000. Sorry. Um, who knows when they're gonna come back uh, to City Field to host another one? But uh, yeah, so the the Mr. Right. Midsummer Classic is in a rear view, and uh, the Mets. Now open up on Friday against the Padres, what we talked about last week. Um, it'd be good to get uh, off on a good start because they're at home and they're playing the Padres and they play the Yankees. Um, I still think the Braves are going to come down to earth a little bit. They're not going to go 33 and nine the next month, next couple months. Uh, just they're going. They were on a tour pace, but the Mets are up what two and a half games. Uh, I'd like to see the game. I'd like to see a, a seven and a half game, eight and a half game lead again, um, a cushion, and then you know with Jacob Zucom, hopefully come back um, healthy. Um, I think the Mets can hold off the Braves. I really do. Um, to your prediction, you would say the Mets will hold off the Braves, like at the end of it all. I do. When all is said and done, I just wish the Mets would get a little breathing room, and that's been my biggest problem. You know, I feel like yeah. that, the, you know, the Braves have been playing so well and the Mets have just been kind of keeping pace with them, you know, although technically I guess it's the other way around. But the Mets winning, you know, against Chicago, they could have swept. They ended up winning three games instead of four. They needed to win that fourth game to give them a cushion. They're in the same spot they were in last week, you know. Uh, they made no headway over that weekend series. And I think that that sucks. I think they need to start separating themselves because the more games up you are, the less games you have to play. It's really going to be, it's really going to be the the difference maker. And the Mets, can, I don't, I don't want the season to come down to like you know the last three games. I want the Mets to have a decent lead when all when all is said and done, and then they just relax a little bit. Now I hear you. Um, speaking of the, the trade deadlines coming up, or coming up, you uh, and Soto. I don't know if he's going to be traded within the division, division. Uh, but I think that the the Mets would have to give way. Give up too much to get somebody like that, and then you you you're in love with uh, or you love Marte. So what do you do with Marte if if they did trade for Soto? I mean, if you're gonna trade for, they call Juan Soto a generational talent. You know whether that's true or not remains to be seen. Obviously, the guy is super talented. If you get somebody of that caliber, then you know 
Sorry, Marte. See, uh, I mean, that's the bottom line. You can't hmm. worry about those things. If you're going to go out, you're going to trade, and you're going to make a big move, you know, Marte can DH. Marte can play, maybe play left field, maybe play center sometimes, still, uh, give Nimmo a spell. Whatever you need to do, but if you can get a Juan Soto, you got to go for him. You know, you can't you can't let a, a vastly inferior player, and as much as I like Marte, he's definitely inferior to, to Soto. You cannot let that be the thing, sir. You can't let that hold you back. The good thing is he's, he bets lefty. So uh, Alonzo Soto uh, with Lindor and the line, that, that's a very good lineup right there. Yeah, but I just don't. I mean, I don't. I don't expect the Mets to get him. I think from everything that I've read, what I've seen, the asking price is astronomical for him. So I don't know if he is going to get traded. But you know, he's batting right here. He's at two fifty. He's only got forty three runs batted in, which is crazy because Pete has about thirty eight. Almost 40 more RBIs than him, which is nuts. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, home run-wise, they're, they're pretty comparable. But, I mean, to me, that's the way that it is, sir. You got to – you gotta. if you can get somebody like that, go for it. I just don't know if the asking price is going to be too high. You know, I, I really think it seems like in everything that I've, that I've uh, heard and read, it is going to be high. So, I mean, are you willing to pay that price? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um we the big debate is that do you trade uh, the farm or do you sell the farm to get a proven player like Soto? Um, I say I'm tired of you know like uh, the farm because the farm is just a farm. <laughs> you don't know they're, they're not proven. Soto's proven. Um, I, I would give up. Uh, I, I don't know if I would give up as much as the Mets uh, need to give up, but. Uh, to get a firm player, uh, this is this is the year that the Mets have to go for it. I think that having Soto at a uh, you know for two more years under contract is a is a good move. Um, and then he's going to ask for a lot of money, oh, not our money, but uh, uh, I think that um, I don't know. I'm on the fence on Soto. I, I really am. <laughs> um, I think that he'd be good. Um, do you think he, the, the question I have is that can he play in New York? Um, that's you know. Well, that's the always the question for anybody who who's comes here, yeah. sir. I mean, that, that's I mean, how many people have really excelled in New York like a Piazza? You know, not many. You know, Ventura excelled. Um, obviously, not to the same level as Mike, but you know, you've got some guys who've done a good job. But it's just it's not an easy place to play. That's that's the bottom line, and you know, we'll see what happens, sir. But um. You know, the Mets do have to make some moves. I don't think the Mets can – the Mets cannot stand put. Let's put it that way. They cannot stand put and, and, or stay put and think that they have enough to, to make it all the way. You know, DeGrom has another setback. And let me ask you about that. Give me your thoughts yeah. on Jacob DeGrom, sir. I saw a lot of people online, a lot of Mets fans who are, who are getting tired of him, and he seems to get shut down for anything. You know, I mean, it, to me, it seems like he's just not reliable. You know, I mean, that that's my my personal opinion, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think that he's reliable. I think that he would be nuts to opt out of his contract with the Mets, and I think anybody would be nuts to sign him, you know. I mean, he has a setback, right? He's going toward his season debut, and it just it seems like he's never going to pitch. It's been over a full calendar year since he pitched, and essentially – um, he had shoulder soreness, so it pushed him back. I, like, I don't understand. 
how does the guy get pushed back because his shoulder was sore? It really does seem like every time you think he's going to get close, something happens, and he, and he gets pushed back, and he gets pushed back. And I guess that there is an abundance of caution, and you want to be cautious. But how, you know, when, when is it too much? When is it just, like, something needs to happen, and this guy needs to get on the field for the Mets, the professional, you know, the MLB? It just seems like it's always something. And a lot of fans, everybody I saw commenting over on Facebook, I mean, they're all just getting tired of it. They don't, a lot of them don't want him back. I mean, you and I have not discussed this off the air, so what are your thoughts on it? Well, Jake, uh, the question is, is Jacob DeGrom physically hurt or is it all mental? And if he, you're right, if he opts out of his contract to go to a different team, I, I don't know what team would want him uh, because um, I, I just don't know. Like, the guy, has, I think it's more mental, uh, to be honest with you. I, I think that he's trying to protect his arm and uh, – he wants to make sure that he gets every penny he's worth. Uh, but uh, until he, he proves that he could stay on the, the diamond and pitch, then I don't think he could go anywhere because I don't think any team would be stupid enough to, to sign somebody like that. I mean, he hasn't pitched in over uh, – he hasn't pitched this year. And, over a year. Um, it's been yeah, a full calendar I mean, year since he's pitched. He hasn't pitched since, like, last June or July, I forget. Right. So what what can you expect of him uh, the second half if he comes back? Like you hope that he pitches, that he's dominant, and he, you hope that the um, you know it's the old Jacob Degrom. But at this point, if he pitches half of what he did last year, um, that's good enough, I, I would think. Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I just really think that the Mets need to prepare for life without Degrom. Because in all honesty, I don't, I don't think you can count on the guy. I think if anything, he's proven that you cannot count on him. So, you know, you can't leave put all your eggs in that basket. Matt Scherzer came back. He's pissed. He's done a good job. Walker has done good this year. But really, the ground, I don't know. It just sucks because you thought he, I thought for sure he'd be back by now or ready to come back. And then, you know, he's getting pushed back in minor league games because of shoulder soreness. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I'm just I'm yeah. tired of it. I'm tired of him. I'm tired of this nonsense. And it, you know, it needs to change, sir. We can't we can't keep living living or dying every time this guy, every time this guy's gonna pitch. You know, there, there's a problem. It's just no good. How about signing trades? I mean, sign for a long term contract and trying to how's that? Trade him to who? To Anaheim. Bring him back. Uh, Trout. The Angels? Really? You think that an injured Jacob DeGrom is going to bring back Mike Trout? Are you Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay, okay. I'm dreaming. Uh, you know, Trout has to be uh, wondering if he'll ever get to the playoffs and be on a team that c- competes. Um, they already have no Syndergaard, but um, I could dream. Uh, you know, having um, Trout on the team would be uh, unbelievable uh, to have somebody like that, that kind of talent. Um, I, I just, you know, there's a lot of options uh, that the Mets could have in the outfield, but having Trout, I, I would I would take obviously Trout over uh, Soto uh, at this point. But, um, yeah, I mean. Really, Mets, why? Well, you don't like Trout. Why would you want Trout over, Trout over Soto considering how much younger <laughs> Soto is? 
don't know. I just think that um, trout is more. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess the age factor is a is the factor that I can see why, um, but um, I just think that trout is a little better in terms of um, overall. Um, it, but again, age or right there. Um, I mean, so he's, that's, he is, the Mets. he's 31 years old. Trout, well, um, Trout's about to be 31 years old. Do you know he's from New Jersey? He's from Vineland? Oh, he's, uh, I thought he was from Philadelphia. Sorry. He's from, he's from Vineland. No. Whoa, he's from Vineland? Well, so Trout, he's from Vineland. Trout is uh, about to be 31 years old, and Soto is, is about 20. He's going to be 24 this year. There's a seven-year gap between the two of them. So I mean that that's a considerable that's a considerable gap, sir. I mean obviously Trout has been a monster for his entire career, but I mean he's playing out in California where really nothing matters. You know I mean there's no pressure whatsoever. I don't know if you can count on this guy to be, you know, to be that same player here in New York. Let's say if he were to come here, but you know he's had a heck of a heck of a career. You know, and I think that. If the Mets could go for somebody like that, that'd be great. But I would definitely prefer Soto just age-wise. Now, what's good about Trout, though, is batting average is very high. You know, I mean, look at his past mm-hmm. year. He's got this year's 270, but typically he's in 280, 290, 300. Here. I mean, the guy's basically a borderline 300 hitter, which is amazing. And then you look at somebody like uh, you look at somebody like um, Soto, who actually, I mean, he's played less late games and less seasons, but, you know, he's kind of in that same vicinity. This year, though, Soto's numbers are down, batting only 250. You know, he's got 20 homers and 43 RBIs, so I mean, that's not great. But I just think that with the numbers that, that he has put up in his in couple of, uh, you know, full seasons and his age, I think that – and control un, under contract, I do think that that would be the, the move to make. But like you said, when you've got two more years of control and, and, and you've got him – at a lower rate, and he's left-handed. That left-handed compliment to our boy uh, Pete Alonzo would be amazing, sir. You know, it's funny because you mentioned Noah Syndergaard before, and, uh, I mean, have you have you paid attention to him at all this year? No, what's going on with him? He's, uh, I'm going to give you his stats. He's 5-7 and seven yeah. with a 4 ERA, and, um, I mean, he's just not having a great year, sir. He's, he, I don't know what he expected, but... He's been very uh, subpar for the Astros. I mean, even in the American League, the four-year is not good. You know, you lower that a little in the NL, but in all honesty, not anymore because of the DH. So it's kind of that, that whole thing, you know, before when you're <clears throat> pitching, batting, you're pitching against the pitcher who's hitting, you know, you're going to have those automatic outs and things like that. But at this point, I don't know, man. Syndergaard may be washed up. You know, he really, he really just is not – the same player, a pitcher that he used to be, and, you know, he hasn't been in a long time. So, you know, good for him. Noah's a great guy and happy for him. <laughs> you know, what's funny is that um, I thought Noah – remember back in the day, um, Matt Harvey, Noah Syndergaard, and Jacob Ground. That was the new generation K that never panned out yet again. Yeah, well, I mean, when the Mets, with the Mets and their pitchers, I just don't trust them. You know, DeGrom wasn't supposed to be as good as he was or has been. But at this point, I mean, you can't trust DeGrom. You can't trust any of these guys. You just don't know, you know. And I think that the Mets, the Mets need to move on with their lives. It's the bottom line. I hope that they, they get things situated and they get this stuff straight. But it's definitely concerning. And the Mets never seem to be able to really – 
get the most out of the talent like you'd hope, and they definitely never seem to be able to have guys who can stay healthy, and that is always a concern. You know, these guys can't stay – they can't stay, uh, you know, off the injured list. I mean, Harvey was the same way. I'll say this much about Harvey. There was comparisons, you know, Syndergaard and him uh, – sorry, not Syndergaard. Um, there was comparisons with DeGrom, and they were saying that at least Harvey went out and wanted to pitch, and it seems like – and I can't dispute this – it seems like DeGrom is coming up with reasons not to pitch, whereas Harvey was out there and wanted the ball. I mean, definitely – a different mindset and a different mentality from Harvey versus uh, your boy, your boy uh, Degrom, sir. Yeah, that's yeah, no comment. Um, so yeah, the Mets uh, second half starts on Friday night against the Padres. Um, hopefully, they get up on the right foot, and then uh, the Mets pull away from the Braves because that'd be nice to see. Um, but uh, that's all. Oh, the only thing I have is that. Uh, interesting nugget on the Mets is that today is the one-year anniversary of Dom Smith hitting a home run. He hasn't hit a home run for one whole full year. How about that? That is amazing. And, you know, Mets fans love Dom Smith. They think he's the greatest thing since life. Friends, the guy stinks. I mean, bottom line, <laughs> there's no other way around it. You know, the facts are the facts. The numbers just don't lie. And really – you know, when you think about it, when you really kind of look at Dom as a whole and you look at the, the only thing you can say is <laughs> I mean, that's it. He absolutely stinks. Yeah. I mean, uh, Dom Smith is uh, one of those uh, players that we, uh, not we met fans, but they fall in love with players that are mediocre and uh, don't need Dom Smith on our team. Um, we have a new owner. We need to get players. We need to win a World Series about time we win a World Series. Um, uh, so it will be really interesting. Um, um, why don't we take a, a break? We'll come back. We'll talk about uh, Summerfest and uh, anything you want to talk about. By the way, um, I should have started the show by saying that we wish the President of the United States a speedy recovery because he has COVID-19. He tested positive today, and uh, our thoughts and prayers are with him. Uh, even though we didn't vote for the guy. Is he um, still COVID-19 at this point, or have we moved on to 2020, 2022? Like, what, what's the deal? Uh, yeah, I'm not a medical expert. Um, maybe asking someone that, um, you know, the fact that they're still in COVID-19 is uh, is interesting. You're right, uh, because there's many variant, variants out there now. Uh, BA5, you probably contracted the BA5 variants Um he hasn't been wearing a mask. Uh, that's or there, but again, a speedy recovery to Joe Biden, the President of the United States, and uh, hopefully he feels better real soon. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I joke, but obviously I want the President to be okay. I just think it's kind of a joke at this point, you know, announcing so-and-so has COVID, this guy has COVID, everybody has COVID. I mean, we've all had COVID, you know. Again, hope he gets better. Definitely, obviously, maybe. But we will be right back, sir. After these okay. messages from our, I mean, are they even sponsored at this point, or are we just doing this for fun? We'll be back, folks. Uh, Looking okay. to resurface the floors in your home or business in the New York, New Jersey metro area? Then check out Hillstop Pro Services in Carlstadt, New Jersey. They offer a wide range of installation services, including commercial and residential carpet, resilient floors, luxury vinyl planks, VCT, sheet vinyl, custom area rugs, logo mats, self-leveling concrete restorations, and so much more. 
head on over to www.hilltopproservices.com to see some of their latest projects or call them at 201-952-9193 for more information. Joe has solar panels at his house, and he's been saving a lot of money thanks to Justin and Chris at Phoenix Energy in Hackensack, New Jersey. They are a great company, and they are setting up homeowners with no out-of-pocket cost roofs and solar systems. Contact them today for a free quote, 201-316-0162. Once again, that's 201-316-0162. Actor Anthony Tyler Quinn. You may remember me as Mr. Turner from Boy Meets World, among many other roles. Make sure to listen in to Pure Gold every week for some of the best talk radio around. Hi, this is Lauren Lester, and you are listening to Pure Gold. Folks, we're back. Another great episode of Pure Gold. As always, Joe, we spoke in well, essentially the first half of the show, all mess. And all, you know, Major League Baseball, which I'm sure we'll get back to, because I think there may be one or two people who may call us uh, down the road in the show who actually want to talk about the Mets and what's going on in, in baseball. So I know we'd like to switch gears and kind of switch it up. So, sir, take us away. Yeah, SummerSlam is a couple weeks away on the 30th. and um, I, I believe you mean SummerFest. Oh, right, right. Sorry, sorry. SummerFest is uh, July 30th on uh, Peacock and all streaming devices. Um, but you could definitely um, you could definitely feel that it's an yeah. underwhelming card. Uh, management is definitely not happy with the card itself. I, I found a report, and I figured we'd go down the line, even have uh, different predictions on the matches, and uh, even Frank uh, give a little prediction on each match. But the first match um, that I have here is the Miz against Logan Paul. I think that, um, you know, you have Logan Paul coming back uh, to wrestle the Miz at Summerfest, uh, SummerSlam. Um, there's no way I don't see Logan Paul winning this match. Um, the Miz, I don't know if he's heading to Hollywood too full-time, but you don't see him as often as on TV as, as much as you do uh, as of late. Uh, I think that Logan Paul definitely wins this match. What do you think, Dave? Uh, I agree, but I, I don't see how in the world he doesn't win. But at the same time, I also don't understand what the WWE was thinking with the whole Logan Paul thing. I This guy is not – he is a celebrity, yes. Um, you know, he, he gets attention, yes. But fans don't like him. He's not popular in that respect. He's not a guy who brings positive buzz. He brings nothing but negative buzz. So I don't understand who the – no one is watching the WWE because of Logan Paul. He's not that kind of celebrity. And the WWE has signed him to like a multi-year deal. So I don't understand – I really don't understand the, the thinking behind this and why they brought him in in the first place there. Yeah, it's the, uh, the fact that he's a celebrity. Everyone knows him. Uh, they hope that he will bring attention to the WWE. You know, it's one of those things. But he signed a, a multi-year deal with the WWE, uh, WWE, and I think that, um, you know, it's one of those things that, like, he, okay, he's wrestling the Miz, then what? I, I don't know if he goes further than that. Um, I don't see him winning any belts. Um, I don't see him, you know, the Are IC you kidding belt, me? Uh, you, can't, you can't see 
Wait, you can't see the WWE putting the WWE Championship at some point on this, this quote-unquote <laughs> celebrity just to get just to get publicity? I mean, I can. Nah, you really can't. You think uh, he could be a heavyweight champion? I think that he could be the guy to dethrone Roman Reigns. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Frank, what do you think? Think about the stupid things that they've done. Yeah, like what? No, I'm just saying, think about it. I mean, like what? Are you kidding me? The WWE (laughs) has constantly had this celebrity involvement. They've had guys get there. I mean, heck, WCW gave the the world championship to David Arquette. So who's to say that just just to get a little buzz, you know, just to get people like Frank to watch, because I know Frank's a big Logan Paul supporter, um, why why wouldn't they do that? I mean, you really you really don't think that anything's possible with WWE with all this hot mess going on with Vince? You don't think they could just do anything and everything and tell like it is, as we like to say? Well, true. Frank, do you think um, Logan Paul versus The Miz, do you think that uh, there's no chance? What's your prediction on that match? Uh, I would say Logan Paul um, probably going to win that one, in my opinion. So but, um, we're all picking Logan. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Frank. Yeah. No, I mean, the Miz, the Miz is definitely, uh, like, over the years, he, like, I feel like he, he not that he's overrated, but he, he, he was always up to top. Like, the, I keep thinking back to that WrestleMania, right, Joe? We always talk about that. Yeah. It's like, when you think about, yeah, 27. Like, yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. you, you don't think he's going to win, like, I don't know who he knows, like Vince McMahon or whatever, but and I'm, not saying I don't like I'm not saying I don't like him either. I kind of like him. Like, I think he's kind of funny. Okay. Well, Frank, so I think that agreement. the truth is when you, look at, when you look at the Miz's body of work, I think, I mean, he, he's the perfect ambassador for the company. The guy is amazing. Say whatever you want. He is absolute, I would say, all-time great on the microphone. He knows how to work a crowd. He knows how to get people invested. People like to hate him. They like to, you know, dislike him, boo him, whatever the case is. He can get the crowd riled up like just about nobody else. I mean, the man could give promo classes in the WWE, let's be honest. And not only that, I mean, the guy the guy never stops. He's tireless. He's always doing, you know, the, the talk show circuit. and He's got the show with his wife and everything else. I mean... He never gets injured. Joe, I mean, really, I don't think the Miz has ever gotten injured at all. At any, I don't think you guys ever missed time for anything. He works a safe style. He knows what he's doing in the ring. I mean, he's a veteran at this point, and he, he loves the WWE. He loves wrestling. I mean, if you were going to build your company around somebody, not necessarily as the top, top guy, but Miz, Miz is one of the anchors of the company, and Miz is the kind of guy that, like, I mean, I, I never see him parting ways with the company. So I feel like it makes sense. Now, do I think he should have ever been WWE champion, especially twice? No. And headlining a WrestleMania and walking out with the title? You know, because you guys know that's not common, the heel going in and leaving with the belt. But he did it. Ironically, to set up another match that he wasn't involved in. But, I mean, you guys, I honestly think that The Miz is like the prototype perfect WWE superstar. You mentioned ambassador, and uh, the, the official ambassador is actually Tyson O'Neill. I don't know if you know that. He's actually talking about coming back, by the way. I don't know if you heard that, but he may come back to wrestle. I, I've always thought really? it was weird that Titus basically like disappeared. The guy hasn't wrestled in forever, so I've always thought it was weird that he essentially just disappeared from, from wrestling. 
you know, in the ring at least. Well, he comes to the ring. Who do you guys think are the top, like, five all-time best on the mic? On the mic? Oh. <laughs> I know. Okay, I, well, I think I can. Frank. <laughs> Go ahead, Hold on, Joe. Frank, before yeah. we answer this question, because I know Joe and I will have different things, we need to qualify. When you say best on the mic, you're, obviously you're specifically referring to them in the ring. Are you talking guys who can talk you into the arena or guys who can captivate your attention? Like, what's the criteria that we're talking about? I, I would say captivate your attention. Um, okay. I mean, doesn't that kind of go hand in hand with drawing people in, though, too? Or would you say that's two well, different things? Well, but see, I think it's two different things because back in the day, and obviously we're, we're all relatively the same age, I mean, pretty close to the same age, you know, in the 70s, the 60s, even in the 80s, like Roddy Piper, for example, perfect guy. He was the kind of guy who, the heat that he drew, and he would talk people into the building to watch him get beat up. That's more of like, a, I guess, a heel thing versus like a Hulk Hogan who who was talking people into the arena just because of his, I mean, honestly, they were going just to see Hulk. It was more like, right. well, let's watch him. And then, of course, you had these great cards that he was on. So I think there's a difference. I mean, Hogan was just charismatic and people liked him, so they wanted to see him. But Piper was was the guy who was just as an and even Flair in the seventies and eighties as a heel. Oh yeah. He was talking people into the arena to watch him get his his, his butt kicked. So th- that's what I mean by the difference. So Joe, okay. um, you want to go first, sir? I mean, I think you're in agreement with me. Uh, Shawn Michaels, uh, even Ric Flair, The Rock. Um, you know, Chris Jericho, and hmm, I, I like the way he's Stone Cold kind of promo. Yeah, was, was that five right there? Okay. His, I think that was four, but yeah, he's, would you put Dusty Rhodes up there? I don't remember his promos as much. Dave, how are you? I think, I think Dusty is definitely, I, I think it has to be a top ten list. But Dusty was yeah. the guy as a face who did what heels do. He would talk people into the arena in that sense. I mean, Dusty was over mm-hmm. to the moon. You know, he was one of the most over guys in wrestling history. And most of it yeah. was because of what he said on the microphone. I mean, he's got the, you know, the pork and beans and, you know, the common man and all that stuff. I mean, he's great for the hard times promo, as it's called. One of, if not the most famous promos of all time. Um, right now, if I were going to go top five, I love Shawn Michaels. I would say he's, I say he's the greatest professional wrestler of all time. When you look at total package, no, you know, shout out to Lex Luger. I was about to Lex Luther, geez. Um <laughs> and also shout out to Clark Kent. But when you look at Shawn on the mic, he was great. But I, I don't think he was talking people in or out of the building. Now you're going to say all time great. I would say Hogan simply because of the charisma and people loved him on the microphone. Um, now, I think Flair's overrated. I always have. I think Flair said a lot of the same stuff at Kelbala, but you got to put Flair on that list. I think Jericho is an all-time great on the microphone. Uh, I would say The Rock, all-time great, especially because The Rock could improvise. And then if I were going to pick somebody else, if I were going to pick my fifth person, see, that that's the, that's the tough thing. I guess I would put Dusty on that list if I'm picking top five. I would put I would put Dusty Rhodes on the list because some of the other all-time greats, yeah, Austin was good, but... Well, what Austin really talk about? You know, stomping a mud hole and walking it dry, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. 
I mean, I guess, I guess that would be my list. You know, you kind of put him up there. He, he definitely, Austin is there. You know, Triple H is a great promo, sometimes a little too yeah. long-winded. So that would, that would be my list. Frank, what about you? What's your list, top five? I, I really like your guy's list. The only guy, you know, I'm thinking, like, the only guy I think I would add to these is, is uh, Macho Man. I mean, he just had that. Oh, yeah, thing, you know? yeah. Yep, you can't, you can't forget Macho Man. I mean, as a matter of fact, I think it's actually, it's actually kind of shameful on my part and Joe's part that neither one of us, you know, thought about him because other than the fact that he's an all-time great, I mean, how do you forget the Macho Man? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the guy, the guy was amazing. The energy, honestly. All right. So if I'm going to do that, then I'll, I'll do something. Joe will never believe it, but I will remove Hogan and I'll put Macho Man there wow. because I think Macho had the energy. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I love Hogan, but I would say, wait, hold on. Is a timeout, guys. See, now, now you're messing me up, Frank. I, I, I don't think there is a top five because I forgot Roddy Piper. How do I forget Roddy Piper? Who I was talking about. As a matter of fact, I get rid of Flair and I put Piper in Flair's face. Because Flair, I have, I have three words for you, and you're not going to like them. <laughs> you know what's funny? That you told us so that's list. my list. Um, that's you told us list. Maybe, maybe we should do a list of the top five heel promos and top five face promos, that's probably a better way to determine, um, you know, instead of like, because it's, it's, it's a lot of people that you could put on for the top five promos of all time, like uh, people that cut promos. So the top face versus the top heel would probably be a better, um, a better list. You, you know, you know, okay. I well, then, like, but, but I got to give them props. I really got to give him props, and that's Kevin Owens. Only because he he is so good in the ring, and his mic skills, in my opinion, are above average. Like, I don't like the guy, but he's good, (laughs) you know? That's my opinion. (laughs) Well, you know know somebody that I kind of feel like that about somebody else uh, currently? That's Seth Rollins. I want to like Seth Rollins. I think the guy's immensely talented in the ring. Um, I hate slash love some of his promos. I mean, he he's an enigma to me. It's just it's just a weird thing with Seth. I I don't love the guy, but I think he's super talented. And I mean, if we were gonna go heel promos, top five heel promos, I'd say Piper would be number one, and then I throw Flair back on that list. Um, again, even though I think yeah. he's overrated as far as that. Um. The, but who else? I mean, I may put Miz on that because Miz has been a great heel in terms of his, his microphone work. Um, but I would struggle to come up with two more great heels. I mean, really, Jericho Jericho went through all these different phases as a heel. I would say he'd probably be, be on that list. And then I need somebody else. I mean, honestly, I don't know. As far as faces go, I'd put Macho. Although Macho can be on both lists. Macho Man... Um, no, Macho is more known for his heel work, so I'll put Macho on the heel list. Then as far as faces on the, fa- uh, the promo side, I would go with Hogan, no particular order, Hogan, Rock. Um, then I'd probably put Austin back on that list. That would be three. Um, I would put Jericho because Jericho is another guy who can do both effectively. And then my number five, when Dusty, so I'd put Dusty on that list, and that, that would be my list. So what about you, Joe? Yeah, yeah I agree with Hogan. Um, nobody cut a 
uh, face from like Hogan, he still gets the goose on uh, the ending of what you're going to do, brother, when, you know, Pokemon runs wild on you. That's definitely up there. Um, I'd have to think about four more. Um, real fast, um, you mentioned uh, in terms of heel lists, um, we, we're forgetting Triple H. Uh, I thought he always cut uh, the Cerebral Assassin cut some really good heel promos, don't you think? Well, I actually mentioned Triple H. I might only come, and I love Triple H. I think he's underrated in all honesty. Um, I think that he was a little long-winded. And see, now, man, Frank, you guys are messing me up with this list because I have to put Hogan on the <laughs> list as a heel because I forgot about his time in the NWO. I mean, did anybody cut a better heel, you know, chicken promo than, than Hogan in the NWO? I mean, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, I, I mean, yeah. that's, that's great. That's all-time great, sir. So, Did you say triple? Let me, uh, let me from Michael's, the script a little bit. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, and then, and then I'll switch. What were you saying? No, I was saying, like, that uh, Mount Rushmore would have to be uh, at Shawn Michaels because he could cut both heel and face, and then Hulk Hogan cut heel and face. See, now, here's the thing, and I don't know, Frank or Joe, you guys agree with me. I think it's the hardest thing in wrestling to be an effective heel and face. Not many guys will do it. I don't think Flair was a great face. I think he was a great heel. Um, Dusty, I mean, was Dusty ever a heel? I don't think so. When you look at Hogan, he was great as a face. Hollywood, you know, Hogan as a heel. You know, with Red and Yellow, Hulkamania, of course, as a face. Uh, Sean was great both to heel and face. Um... Jericho was great, both heel and face, and The Rock was great, both heel and face. But most, and, and Macho Man, I mean, most guys can't do both. Some guys are just only cut out for one side, as, you know, in terms of promo and in terms of heel or, or face work. I think a lot of guys are not able to do both. Now, um, you know, we talked about the all-time greatest wrestling promos. Let's talk about something else real quick. I know we have a car in line, but, I mean, he can wait. It's all right. Um, <laughs> I'm going to ask you guys this question. Who, is your, who would be your top five of the greatest wrestlers who were not great promos? Now, I'll start my list to kind of get you, get you going. I would put Bret Hart at the top of that list because Bret is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, but I never thought he had a great promo as a heel or a face. I never thought he was great on the microphone. Um, Daniel Bryan is another guy, or Brian Danielson, who is a great wrestler but not a great promo. Um, Joe, what about you? I mean, is there anybody else you can think of who's great in terms of their, their in-ring work, but not so much, you know, um, everything is a total package. It's not so much in a microphone. I hate to say it, but how about the late, uh, great, uh, not <laughs> great anymore, uh, murderer, Chris Benoit? Um, yeah, I, I was thinking him, I was thinking that Chris, uh, he would be up there in terms of uh, in-ring ability, but definitely not on the microphone, not great. What about The Undertaker? I mean, you got to call, you got to throw him in there also, sir. I mean, Taker definitely, um, is a guy who is not and never has been great on the microphone, but, you know, definitely great in, in, in terms of his in-ring ability. How about you, Frank? Do you think it's Now, the question would be... Go ahead, Frank. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say the question would be, if we threw managers in there, then you'd have to throw in Bobby Heenan and Paul Heyman and guys like oh, that. Yeah. I mean, I know, I'm sure, Frank, you loved uh, 
the one and only Bobby Heenan. <laughs> when I'm thinking of, oh, just, you know, I was thinking while you guys were talking just really quick on the other one, I think we got to put CM Punk somewhere on the good list. Just because of the, the fan oh, yeah. reaction to that guy tested forever, you know? Um, yeah, and going back, I would say that, that's a good point. Right? And, and then going back to the worst ones, the ones that jump out at me for some reason are Brock Lesnar, just because he was awesome, but he's terrible on the mic. And um, right. the great Kali, <laughs> I thought, was terrible. I thought the great Kali was terrible on the mic. I, I just remember those well, guys. Well, the great Kali... The great Kelly was terrible, period. So, I mean, I don't think he would get on the list because he was awful on the, mic- on the microphone and awful oh, in the ring. I mean, Ted DiBiase. Now, Ted DiBiase is a guy we forgot. Um, I would put him up there on that list of one of the greatest promos of all time as a heel. I mean, was anybody really that oh, much yeah. better than our boy than our boy uh, DiBiase? I mean, because he was great, of course. Can't, can't knock him. I mean, Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake's another great promo. Can't forget him. I mean, the list goes on and on. It really would have to be like a top ten. I definitely think Jake, Jake is up there, sir. Uh, you know, Joe and Frank. I would say you got to put them as him as far yeah, as one of the greatest ever on it. the microphone. How about Joe's Bobby that we got... Who? Sorry, Bobby Lashley. I mean, he was never that good on the microphone. Um, in my opinion. No, mm-hmm. he's not. I love mm-hmm. Lashley, back Lashley, but I would say you're right, Frank. He's not. He's not a great promo. Um, but he is definitely good in the ring. He sounds – I like him. I like him. He's good. I think this is the – you could literally do an hour and a half show on nothing but this. I mean, I this would be all time, you know, the greatest wrestlers of all time, the greatest promos of all time, the worst promos of all time. I mean, that, that would definitely be – I would say you could definitely throw that in there. You know, the, the worst promos of all time in terms of, like, you know, just talking in the ring. There's so many different things um, that you could do. You know, th- like this list could go on and on and on, honestly. It can. It's good for you to uh, a wrestling show that we want to eventually have. We were supposed to have it last week, but uh, due to cancellations and people not available, we can't do an all wrestling show. But, um, you know, that, this, those topics. Wait, those I mean, we will, we will eventually, though. Yeah, I think we will. You know, uh, it's, it's but, funny, though. Can, can I just say this, though, sir? It's yeah. funny you mentioned um, that Frank mentioned the, the worst on the microphone. I'm looking at the 10 worst world champions of all time on the microphone. The great Kali is number one on the list, by the way. Um, oh. And then this is on the sports there. Lashley's number nine. Goldberg is number 10. And Goldberg would be a guy who would say in-ring, I mean, not the best in-ring ability, but, you know, a guy who definitely not, not wonderful on the microphone. A, a guy that I was thinking of. Um, the Warrior, the Ultimate Warrior, was terrible on the microphone. And, of course, one of the all-time, I would say he's one of the all-time worst ever on the microphone with the intensity and everything, but the nonsense that he would say. Um, and Psycho Sid's another guy who was awful on the microphone, too. So you, you could do a, a top, you know, 1,000 list of the worst promos of all time. And I, I, we're going to switch gears because we, uh, we have a couple of callers on the line. I know we have Angel from Woodland Park. We're going to get back to baseball in a minute. But we're actually, which is ironic that, you know, Angel, that's like uh, one of the most popular names in the show, apparently. Um, we have the other Angel, um, who is our our intrepid, uh, I guess you could say, Mets reporter, sports reporter, whatever you want to call it. I know he's on the line. Frank, of course, doing his job call screening like he always does. I mean, got to love Frank. 
But we're going to have uh, Angel joining us right now uh, from Parts Unknown. Now, Angel, let me ask you a question. I know that you called to talk about the Mets, but before we do that, I'm going to ask you this question. Who do you say is the greatest wrestling promo of all time in terms of the greatest talker on the microphone? If you could only pick one guy, who would you pick? All-time, best ever, better than everybody else. I, I, I want you to give me two choices, one heel, one face. Uh, I mean, I can do one one guy probably for both. Okay. Who's that? The Rock, probably. The Rock. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were going to say. So you would say Rock is one of the greatest as a face or a heel, right, as far as his uh, microphone work? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would now? say right, that. So I we, mean, got, we got The Rock. Who else would you put on the list? Top five. Promos? Uh, yeah, just promos. Probably Hogan. Hogan was good at, at as as both a face and a heel as well as, uh, you know, captivating a crowd and, you know, just getting all types of reactions. So probably those two, probably the top two ever. Uh, I mean, definitely, definitely a good take there. You know, I, I, hundred percent. What? Let me ask you this though. What do you think about Ric Flair? I've always thought he's overrated, and I think he just kind of yells and stuff, but people love him. Would you put Flair on the on a top five list as a heel, not as a face, because his face promos are not good. Uh, overall body of work. Well, you're talking about promos. I don't know, man. Yeah, I just mean, promo. Uh, I'm, yeah, I, I don't know. That that. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I see you're not a, you're not a Ric Flair fan, but speaking of something you are a fan of, the Mets. Joe and I talked about this at, at nauseum at the beginning of the show, um, but I know you and I have talked off the air about you, you, you kind of coming on the show and, and giving your opinion. We started with, you know, the all-star break and, of course, the Mets where they need to be, but let's start with the most pressing thing, I would say, or maybe not the most pressing, but the, what's on everybody's, uh, the tip of everybody's tongue. Jacob DeGrom, uh, what are, I know we spoke about this off the air, but what are your thoughts on him? Is this guy ever going to pitch for the Mets again? I think he will, but you, the thing with the Grom is with the last year and a half, I mean, he basically he pitched half a year in two seasons, if that, because he was injured last year as well before he went out for the season. I look at it as right. – Whatever you get from the Grom now is probably a bonus. I mean, I I wouldn't count put all my chips in that basket, but whatever you get, I mean, just be happy with whatever you get pretty much at this point. And he's supposed to pitch a sim game today. I haven't heard anything. He didn't get pushed back? I thought he got pushed back uh, because of uh, no. soreness in his shoulder or whatever. No, he got pushed back from Tuesday to today. So he, I guess he played – he was supposed to pitch a sim game on Tuesday, but with soreness in his shoulder, they, they had him playing catch or whatever in, for Monday, Sunday and Monday, and he was fine according to reports. But I, I think, you know, part of it, they might be just babying him and, you know, anything with the, the Grom, that, that's uh, – like I said, it, it's a bonus. Now, 
do you think he's crazy to opt out at the end of the year? And if you're a, if you are an owner from another team, are you are you even going to take a flyer out on Degrom because it's been an entire calendar year since he's pitched, and after his two Cy Young seasons, I mean, in the half season, he's pretty much been MIA. Do you think he should just stay with the Mets? I mean, give us your take on that overall. Well, I mean. For financial security, I mean, for more financial security than what he already has, I, I believe that he he will somebody will take a flyer on him. Guarantee you, somebody will. Whether it be uh, Artie Moreno or maybe the Rangers owner, they've been spending money like crazy. A, a team on the cusp of contending might, you know, that has money might, you know, take a flyer. But I mean, me personally, he'd probably come back. I don't see Cohen letting him go, but then again, you never know. And somebody will definitely probably take a flyer on him. I mean, it's Jacob Degrom. The name, the name itself, it's, it's going to sell people on what, you know, on the goods. Okay, all right. So um, let's say, bottom line, that is he coming back? You said you well. You kind of answered. You said that you can't see Pete letting him go. I just, I've seen a lot of negative talk, a lot of Mets fans who are kind of, uh, you know, turning on him. So that, that's the only reason I asked that. But, um, but Joe, I know you said you wanted to chime in, sir. Yeah, Angel, um, do you think that other than Grom, the, um, the, the rumor is that the Mets go and trade for uh, Soto, do you think that uh, giving up the farm for a player like Soto is a wise decision for the Mets? Yeah, I do, because – for every uh, Jose Reyes, for every um, David Wright, when you know before his back problems, you've had you know Lasting's Millage, you've had uh, uh, a Jay Payton, you've had uh, Ryan Thompson, you've had guys like that that Alex Ochoa, Fernando Martinez can't miss stars that fizzled out. So when you get a chance, when you get a chance to get. A player of Soto's caliber, yeah, that, 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 there's exceptions to that, and he definitely is the exception. Okay. Um, do you think that the Mets make any pitching moves, uh, or do you think that they're, they'll, um, they'll stay the course and not trade for any? You go to bullpen help. Uh, um, the Mets' uh, bullpen is a little shaky at best. Um, do you think that the Mets go in both of their bullpen as well uh, before the training deadline? I don't necessarily think they'll do anything about the starting rotation. I mean, I know you got you had guys, Luis Castillo's name, um, Montas, names like that, but I, I, honestly I don't think that they're going to, you're going to see guys like that come. I mean, now the latest rumors, Castillo to the Yankees. But um, bullpen, definitely. They definitely need help, and I think they'll definitely get some arms in that bullpen. Who or what, we don't know, but somebody's coming. What's the Mets' biggest need after the bullpen, would you say, if you're going to pick one thing? Is it a power back? Is it help on the bench? Is it, uh, you know, what what are they? A DH, a power-hitting DH, a righty. I think more righty than a lefty because, uh, uh, you know, guys like, like uh, J.D. Davis they are not cutting it. I mean, barely – I mean, the guys can't hit a fastball to save his life anymore, it seems like. Anything above 92, forget it. 
But, you know, people were expecting that old JD. I mean, that was a flash in the pan. I mean, we've, we've seen a lot of that as well. So as far as uh, biggest need, yeah, definitely a power bat, a power right-handed DH. That, that would definitely – because, I mean, if you look, when they go against a lot of lefties, they struggle. Why is that? Because besides Alonzo, who do they have that can actually drive the ball out? I mean, we have they have your favorite player, um, you know, Eduardo Escobar. So I mean, he's uh, he's definitely killing him. <laughs> I know how much he's you kinda, love Escobar. Um, I, he's kind of he's kind of turning it around, though. If you look, if you look, I mean, Escobar's been hitting. I mean, his 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 defense as third has been pretty damn good. But you know the the problem is. Well, we knew we knew we were going to get that. You knew he was going to be a good glove at third base. But you know what about Lindor? I mean, are you are you surprised or give give us a grade on Lindor? What would you say? Is he doing a good job? And you know because obviously what what blew my mind is the fact that he has more runs better than this year already in the half season than he had last year. So clearly he's having a better twenty twenty two than twenty twenty one. Lindor has been a solid. B plus B, you know, in that range. He's not, you know, he's not giving you the type of production as far as all around when it comes to the type of contract he has. But I mean, how many guys are actually going to live up to a contract like that? I mean, it's, it's, you know, if you look, if you look across the board, you know, with shortstop production, it's, all the names that you were accustomed to, besides Trey Turner. They're all. You look at Corey Seager's numbers. You look at Marcus Simeon, who was a, a shortstop. He's playing second now, and um, you know all their production is down, like across the board, pretty much. I don't know if it's the juice ball. I, I don't know if it's the de juice ball. I'm sorry, or is it what it is? But you know, guys are just not producing at the clip that they were. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting this year, you know, what's been going on in baseball. You know, we talked about this a little bit earlier. I know it's not a huge deal, but uh, the fact that in the American League, you know, they've won they've won 10, basically 10 straight. You can't count 2020 because there was an All-Star game, but the last 11 years, the National League has not won an All-Star game, which, of course, affects who gets, you know, home field advantage. Do you like that concept, Angel? I mean, do you think that's a – you think that – I know it's a way to get people to care, but do you like it or do you just think it's a gimmick? No, they stopped it. They don't. They don't do the home field advantage anymore. Oh, they did they really? It for a when did they stop and, it? Yeah, I believe yeah. it was a couple of years Where ago. Where have I been? Uh, Wait, well, a couple years here. ago was COVID, was COVID twenty twenty. So, so they didn't. I mean, that wasn't even a thing. But it was they before stopped, that. They it didn't was, have an All Star game. It was. It was. I mean, I can look it up real quick, but it it was before that, I believe. Um. Well, I mean, we could definitely. Look this up. I, I mean, I thought they were still. I know they had done it for a while. Um, they'll no longer be in see. Wait, I mean, how is how did none of us know this? I mean, it looks like this has been going. You're right. It looks like this has been going on for quite a while. Um, that's weird. I mean, it, it's back to normal like it should be. But this apparently this has been going on for years, and I, I don't know how Joe and I missed it, but I, I thought that was a thing. Yeah. I mean. You know, talk about nothing, nothing to play for. But you're right. I stand, for once, I'll say I'll admit that I stand corrected on that. I, I did not even know that that was a thing. Um, but you know, Angel, we we always appreciate calling. We have a we have a couple of yeah, 2016. I just saw that, which is crazy to me because it's been it's been going on for years. Joe, you really dropped the ball. You know, you, you got to do better than that. Jeez. So uh, one, let's say Angel, 
if you're going to leave us with one thing, what would you say? Uh, give us a prediction. Are the Mets, two things, are the Mets going to make the moves they need to make and get better? Number one. Number two, will the Mets make it to the playoffs? Uh, will the Mets win the division? Let's put it that way. Uh, well, as far as making moves, I, I, I highly doubt – well, I, anything can happen, but I don't think you're going to see a Soto get traded by the deadline. Personally, I don't think a, a deal like that can happen, but like I said, you never know. And will they make moves? Yes, but I'm not enamored with what's being uh, uh, put out there, the C.J. Crones and the Daniel Vogel box. Nah, I, I, you need to – I mean, I, I get they're trying to do a platoon, but they, they, those aren't names. Like, if, if I'm going to make a trade, I, you know, if Boston falls out of contention, definitely a J.D. Martinez – uh, Josh Bell, guys like that. I mean, that that that'll. I, I don't see uh, a CJ Crone. If you look at his splits uh, outside of Coors Field, it's terrible. But um, and you know, I think they'll land a Robertson type, somebody like that. Maybe even uh, they might get some type of lefty. I'm hoping, but. Will they make the playoffs? Yes. Will they win the division? That's still up in the air. I mean, these these remaining games with Atlanta is going to be what determines that. Yeah, yeah, definitely true. Uh, we'll we'll definitely see Angel. I'm sure we'll talk to you again in the near future. Thank you so much for the call, sir. All right, man. You guys take it easy, man. Joe, I hope you're doing well and uh, feel better. Thank you, Angel. I am. Thank you for, so much for the call. All right, take it easy. You too. Take care. Folks, that was Angel joining us from Parts Unknown. And now uh, we also we have Steve who is calling in this evening. Steve, how are you doing, sir? Good, thank you. How, how are you guys doing? Doing good. Thank hey, you so much for the call. Um, I know, what would you like to talk about, sir? Uh, specifically Yankees Astros. I have a uh, hypothetical question to ask you or an opinionated question, which is great for the show, if you don't mind. I'd like to hear your yeah, yeah, go. Sure. Uh, so with with today's first loss in, in uh, the, the first game of the doubleheader, the Yankees, who now, uh, I don't know their total win percentage of the, on the year, but we're looking at, what were they pretty much like a 620, 629, something like that, right? Uh, win percentage this year. Now they are exactly two and four and also trailing right now against the Houston Astros in 2022. Um, so again, as a Yankee fan, um, uh, am I interested that they beat Detroit, you know, 10 out of 12 games? Nope. Am I interested that they can beat Minnesota nine out of 11 games and Chicago eight out of 10 games and hit 50 home runs? Not at all. What concerns me, the only games I watch that the Yankees play that mean anything to me in this season is versus Tampa Bay and versus, and versus Houston. So what are your thoughts on that? If they get swept tonight and they go two and five, against the Astros, who they will see in October. Uh, does that have any meaning, or are you still impressed that they beat, um, you know, Detroit 100 times? I'll listen to you. <laughs> well, Joe, I know you're going to chime in, but let me just take this first real quick. Um, I'll say this much. You know, we actually had Jimmy who called in a couple weeks ago, and uh, he was talking about the Yankees and the Astros and how the Astros basically were dominating both, both New York teams. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to reference the Mets here. 1988, the Mets absolutely dominated and destroyed the Los Angeles Dodgers in the, in the play in the regular season. 
I believe they were either ten and one or eleven and zero in the regular season. And then the Dodgers yeah, yeah, but, uh, but, but I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't mean to. Correct, but I don't mean to cut you off, which I did already, but what I'm trying to say is the Mets won the World Series two years ago, right? So what I'm saying is the Yankees have not beaten Tampa Bay and Houston in the playoffs for a long time, right? So they're, they're, so it's been 13 years since they won a World Series. So what I'm saying is, yes, if they played, the, if, like if they played the Orioles right now and lost, you know, got swept in a four-game series, that's baseball to me because the Orioles are hot. Seattle's hot. They won 10 in a row. If they right. beat three out of four from the Yankees, sure, that's baseball. Right now, your, your measuring stick is Houston and Tampa Bay to me. Right. No, I, I get what you're saying. Oh, by the way, the, the Mariners won, won 14 in a row. But my point in what I was saying was that in that year, the, the, when it mattered most, the situation flipped. So the fact that the Yankees haven't been able to beat the Astros, you know, in, in the regular season – I think at the end of the day, when you get to the playoffs, yeah, it's been, you know, 13 years since the Yankees won a World Series. I think that all that stuff can get swept under the rug. I get it, you know, the law of averages. But at some point, the Yankees are going to beat the Astros, and they're going to beat them when it matters. So I don't think that them losing in the regular season or losing in the whatever the case is in the playoffs, I think that this year the Yankees have a different air about them, a different feel about them. Uh, I don't know how Joe mm-hmm. feels, and obviously we'll Joe chime in. But I don't necessarily think that that dictates, oh, well, you know, that they haven't beaten them in X amount of time. I mean, anything can change. Joe, what about you? What do you think? I think that the Astros, um, the to gain, if they do end up winning, uh, this is actually good for the Yankees because I, I don't want the Yankees – I wouldn't want the Yankees to get complacent. And they're only uh, – I think the Astros, if they won today, they only beat three games uh, in the mm-hmm. lost column or two games in Correct. the lost column. Correct. I think that – I think this bodes well for the Yankees uh, because they're going to be competitive and they're going to play hard. They're not going to relax. Um, I think that the right. the fact that the Astros have their number um, this in the regular season bodes well for them in the in the postseason. Uh, yeah. Um, so I'm do, you, do you think do you, do you think the Minnesota do you think the Minnesota Twins feel that way? <laughs> With the Yankees' dominance <laughs> in the regular season when they play in the playoffs, do you think they have the same sentiment or something different? I, for the Yankees, um, whenever, <laughs> whenever right? they play the Twins, right? they have the Yankees. Yeah, they played in a regular season. They beat them in a regular season, and then they come in their playoffs, and they didn't, they didn't get complacent. They didn't do this and that. They went in there, and they beat them. Right? So Houston beat right. them in the regular season, and then they beat them in October. <laughs> so until the Yankees can beat the Astros, any, any month, whether it's May, June, July, or preferably October, I'm a wait-and-see guy. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I like I said, um, the Astros being up on the Yankees uh, in the regular season only could be a good sign for the, as a Yankee fan. The fact that they're not going to uh, rest on the laurels; they're only a couple games uh, between each other. Even though the Yankees are on this torrid pace of a record, uh, I think the, the Astros team with them the, the rest of the season for the best record overall is a good thing for the Yankees. That's true. That, that could be. Uh... I'm hoping that, but uh, I'm hoping that. <laughs> but I'm just going on what I see. I, you know, hope, hope doesn't, you know, hope and willing things and opinions. I'm just looking at facts, and the facts are that they seem like Houston beats them when it counts, and so does Tampa Bay, and, and those teams are the ones they got to beat. The only question I have for you is that so. yeah, are the Mets gonna, are the Yankees going to swoop in and get Soto 
instead of the Mets. Uh, I know that. Wow, uh, I, 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 I don't think so. I don't know. I, I just don't see that. Uh, I, I couldn't really give an answer one way or the other. You know, if I see that happening. What do you think? Yeah, I, yeah. I think that um, there's a always with the Yankees. There's always a chance of getting. Um, I think that uh, it was soften the blow if Judge did leave at the end of the season. Um, I uh, think yeah, that, good point. Good point. You know, um, Judge being up there in age, I just like Judge because he's a proven player that could play. Obviously, in New York, um, he could hit. Um, in New York, he's he he's good under pressure. Um, I I don't know if Soto is that. New York type mentality. Um, yeah, proven, yeah, good point. He's just a little, old, he's just a little older. Yeah, that's a really good point. I never really, uh, yeah, you're right. Sometimes you gotta look past the, uh, the piece of paper, right? And I think you just did that very well. Okay, well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for your opinions. I really enjoy your show. You guys have good uh, camaraderie and uh, very interesting. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, sir. We appreciate thank the you. call and call okay. on anytime. Thank you, Steve. You have a good one. Okay, I'll definitely call back again. Okay, bye bye. Thank you. All right, thank you. Folks, joined by Steve. That was a good call. Definitely interested in the Yankees. And we got to get him on. The man, the myth, the legend. We have the one and only Angel from Woodland Park. You've been on hold for four hours. I know you called before the show started. You've been on hold since last week. Angel, how are you doing this evening, sir? Well, listen, I'm pretty good. You guys were talking about wrestling before. I got a couple of guys that yes, it, you, it, you guys you guys probably don't know about it. Antonino Rocca, Bruno San Martino. I mean, those are legends. Well, I mean, of course. Those are wrestlers. I mean, not, Bruno San Martino, not like, not, not like the cupcakes that they have now. I mean, these guys, you know, they're into that makeup and what. Now, they, they don't look like wrestlers. <laughs> they don't look like wrestlers. You know, to me, they, they, you know, they, they're out there left field somewhere. You know what I'm saying? And about I, the ground. I'm surprised you didn't. <laughs> they took the ground. Before you get to the ground. game, he'll be out again. He's no good. Get rid of him. That's it. Well, that's my concern. I don't know about getting rid of him, but that that is my concern. I actually thought you were going to mention Haystack Calhoun when you were talking about the, you know, Bobo Brazil, when you were talking about the greatest wrestler of all time. But the thing about the ground, and we had Angel on before, the other Angel, we were talking about how he seems to be injury-prone, and the guy never seems to be able to get on the field. I mean, do you think he's going to pitch again this year, or do you really think he's going to pitch one game and get hurt? Uh, I think he'll pitch one or two innings, and that's it. He'll break a leg, and that's it, a nail, and he's out for the rest of the year. You know, I, I just don't uh, – he's a great pitcher. I won't, you know, I won't take nothing away from him. He's, he's terrific, but, you know, he's he's always hurt. He's always hurt, you know. I, I mean, I, I don't know what's the problem with him. Cause he, listen, the all-ball players before, I mean, they used to pitch 13, 14 innings, and they keep 175 pitches. You know, all this thing that they have nowadays, they, they nurture these guys too much, you know. I mean, they uh, they go you know, through some sort of program <laughs> that I just don't understand, you know. I, I don't understand. I mean, and back in the day, so Angel, I know you – what, Angel, Angel, hold on. I know you've been a fan a little bit longer than we have, but I know back in the day you had guys who pitched with broken fingers, broken hands. They'd get their, they'd get their, their pitching arm amputated in between innings and then throw with the other arm. I mean, guys are just pitching until their, their legs and their arms fell off. And nowadays, you know, DeGrom is out because his shoulder is sore. I mean, that, I, I wake up, I sleep wrong on the bed and my shoulder is sore. I don't, I don't call out of work for two weeks. So, I mean, I think these guys are definitely not as tough as they used to be. So I just wanted to throw that in there. But, uh, sorry, what was the other point you were trying to make? 
Well, listen, listen. Uh, the pitchers back then, they don't make the salaries that these guys are making now. You know, they, they used to have, like, right. two jobs. You know, I mean, these pitchers nowadays, I just don't understand. I mean, you know, they, either they were a ball player or they're not. And, listen, I want to talk about the, right. uh, the All-Star. I mean, the All-Star, to me, they're a bunch of little leaguers. You know, they can't hit. They can't hit. I mean, they, they, I just can't understand them. They all start. I mean, they're supposed to represent whatever they are, but they they they're not they're not they're not doing it up to their expectation, you know. Right. And another thing I want to bring. And another thing I want. Another thing I want to bring up, especially when these ball players are playing, they got a microphone, and these guys are asking them all kinds of questions, especially this guy Cortez from the from the Yankees. He was saying every pitch that he was going to make, you know. So I mean, I, I just don't understand that. I, I can't, uh, I can't deal with it, you know. I want your take on it. You well, tell I me mean, whatever you think, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll take it from there. Angel, uh, thank you so much. We appreciate the call. As always, I mean, I, I think that um, you know, you sound like uh, you sound like a guy who likes old school classic baseball, and that's just not the way that it is anymore. These guys are on microphones. They're sipping lattes. They're drinking. They're drinking fruit punch. They got their juice boxes going. It's just not the same game that it used to be. You know, things are different. Exactly. The times have changed. So you know, you kind of have to change with it. And a lot of the stuff getting mic'd up. I mean, I think that's more just for fans to kind of be interested and say, oh, you know, what's he talking about? What's he doing? You know, I mean, it, it's really more for that aspect of it to have somebody, you know, to hear, like, the inside scoop or whatever the case is. I mean, that, that's really that's really what it boils down to. Well, I understand what you're saying, but, you know, you got to pay attention to whatever you're doing. I mean, they hit a line drive or something to you and you have the mic. So, come on, man. I mean, you got to be realistic. No, so I, I, I understand uh, where you you're know. coming from. You know, you're young. You, you have this mentality about what's going on right now. But I'm telling you, your ball player is a ball player, regardless of how you look at it. You know? Yeah. I, believe I, mean, I agree, Joe. What about you, today? sir? No, good point. The players are definitely softer than they were back in the day. Um, it's You know, DeGrom, I, I wonder if it's all mental or all physical because the guy is a, a really good pitcher when he's on the mound, but I'm wondering if, if it's mental more than physical, Angel. I think, I think uh, there's something wrong with him. Definitely, or maybe he's He's afraid to get on the mound and stop pitching, and all of a sudden something hurts, and he has, and he's out again. You know, so I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a psychologist. I'm nothing like that. I'm just an ordinary person watching a game and enjoying it. But if I see a pitcher that I really like, and all of a sudden one inning or two innings, he's out, so, and then he's out for the rest of the season. So I, I don't yeah. know. And these guys make so much, so much money, man. You know, I've seen um, – <laughs> So, uh, Pete Alonzo, Pete, uh, Pete Alonzo, he's making commercials now. So you know he's making money on the side. He is, yeah. but he's also not making a, a ton of money on the Mets in comparison to other players because he's, you know, he does. He's not making twenty, thirty million or anything like that. He's still, he's still, you know, on the younger side. But look, bottom line is, you know, we'll, we'll, we have to see what happens to the Mets. Hopefully, the ground will stay healthy somehow. Although my hopes are not very high. But uh, as always, Angel, we thank you so much for the call. And, you okay, know, but wait, 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 wait. I understand you're cutting me off. You probably got a million people behind <laughs> me. But, you know, I'm telling you something about the Yankees fans. I mean, they expect the Yankees to win every single game. 
you know, they get into a panic when they lose the game or oh, something happened and this and that. Come on, man. Let's be realistic. I mean, they cannot win every game, just like the Mets. You know, I get frustrated with the Mets. But, you know, that's baseball. You know, you got to take it as it is. No, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, it definitely is baseball. But, um, you know, you're going to want your team to win every game. you, you got to be realistic. But at the same time, Joe and I talk about this all the time. Every game counts. Losing a game in April will hurt you just like losing a game in September. You know, those games right. will come back to bite you in the, in the bus. So you, you want to win every game. I get frustrated if I lose three to two, two to one, one to nothing. I mean, it makes me sick. I, so, hey, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, sometimes the Mets, you watch the Mets and they can't hit. You know, they, they go through the, yeah. through the lineup and you figure they're going to do something and all of a sudden they fizzle out. They just can't hit. And that's like the All-Star game. Yeah. I mean, these guys, uh, yeah, goodbye, Bob. It, it's been a pleasure. You take care. <laughs> Angel, thank you so much. I mean, the one and only Angel from Woodland Park. I mean, he was on a roll tonight. Uh, we're getting ready to, you know, it, it's almost that time, folks, but we are going to be joined by Fred who's calling in. I know Fred has called a couple of times in the past. Fred, how you doing this evening, sir? Hi, everybody. Good, good. Hope everybody's doing well. So enough of hey, baseball. Fred. Enough of baseball. Yes. I'm throwing a curveball. <laughs> Let's get to movies now. What yes. I want right. to get your opinion so far. Well, I want to make sure everybody saw Top Gun because for me, that was the number one, my number one favorite movie, not just in the summer, I'd say the last five years. Since Indiana, actually since Indiana Jones in the last crusade. Wait, hold on. Hold on. You're, you're saying that Top Gun, the, the sequel to the original Top Gun, you're saying that it's your favorite that, movie that's since one of the 1993? Best. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just teasing. No, no, no. I'm just teasing. I'm just okay. teasing. No, the last <laughs> that was a good movie, the by the no, way. No, but that's, Indiana Jones. Yeah, no, that's, that was great. that's one of the best. Yeah. But no, no, I was just teasing about that. That was a stretch. But I, I'm that was Top Gun, now, <laughs> Maverick. Top Gun was one of my all-time favorite movies growing up as a kid. I mean, I was in junior high. I'm old, but not too old. Um, not that old. But that was one movie I always said now, they should never touch. Because, but they, they, it was masterful. I, I would even say it's, it, it, it's just as good. I don't want to say it's better. It's its own movie. But I'm sorry. Well, let me ask you, I haven't seen the movie yet. I, I was reading an article about how it, it's already That's passed. That's a sacrilege. You need to go story. tonight. <laughs> well, I mean, I have to... I have to wake up at like three in the morning, so I don't think I'll, for work. So I don't think I'll oh, be going to see the movie okay. tonight. But but I'm fascinated no, no. by it because I I mean the numbers are astronomical. What do you think it is about this movie? Because I never first of all I never thought they should have made a sequel personally. Uh, but then to make this I didn't either. I didn't either. Be honest. I mean, yeah. I mean you're talking Tom Cruise, who's an action star, you know, a movie star of all time, one of the all time the goats really. Um, the highest grossing movie of his career. One of the highest-grossing movies of all time, yeah. period. I mean, that's insane. What do you think made this movie so successful, Fred? Honestly, give us your, your take. I, I just think – I hear he's just such a perfectionist, first of all. And he really – I really think – I heard this on the reviews. I really think he's the last true action star, like the, the last true pure movie star, you know, that, that, could, that could bring in a blockbuster like that. I, I really believe that, but uh, I mean, I, I just think it's universal I'll say this themes. Much. Universal themes, like what? No, just you know, universal themes like love and and, and but but the, just the the cinematography, like it, it was just cutting edge. So you know the the, the filming oh, they did, I mean, and that was a movie. I heard a lot. Of, 
<laughs> I've heard a lot about the cinematography and, of course, the story and everything. But, like, you mentioned Tom Cruise being a movie star, one of the last true movie stars. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Mission Impossible series. I hate the fact that I have to wait, yeah. you know, to see 8, 9, and, and whatever. They're coming out but next July. 7 and 8. Yeah, yeah, I, have, yeah. I hate that I have to wait a year and then another year to watch the following movie, which is ridiculous. But, I mean, I've binge-watched those movies. I, I Definitely Tom Cruise is, is an all-time great action star, which is weird considering how he started his career. But, um, I mean, if you were going to rank movies, is this one of your all-time favorite movies? Like, would you put it in the top five, you know, since we're talking about lists? Top Gun, Top Gun. Well, where would always, you rank this one? Top Gun, the original Top Gun was always one of my all-time favorite movies. This, I, I wouldn't say it's one of my all-time favorite, but it's a fantastic movie. It just, it, it really is. So, it, it, it was, it blew away my expectations. I'm guessing that the sequel is better than the original. Yeah, which is very rare. Which is very rare. It's, um, I can't remember a sequel that was just Wait. as good, if not slightly better than the original. I would say, well, Die Hard was I mean, almost almost like that. I could name I could name two off the top of my head because there's my two all-time favorite movies. Well, number one, Die Hard one was better than Die Hard two. That's just a fact. Period. In the sense, oh, yeah. number but two, Die Hard two. Um, its own my favorite Die movie, Hard two. It did. It did, but it wasn't the same hit that Part One was. Uh, and really, the villains and everything else. I mean, Die Hard one was a, was a superior movie in every way. But to me, yeah, no, my no, favorite that's... movies ever, my top two, and they're both sequels. Aliens and Terminator 2, I think both of them were better than the originals. Now, I get that Aliens 2 is different than 1 because 1 is more of a sci-fi horror movie versus a straight-up action movie. But, I mean, I've seen Aliens 187 times, maybe more. Great movie, movie. all-time great. And then then Terminator is the same way. Terminator 2 was superior to Terminator 1 in every way, Um, making arm of the protagonist as opposed to the antagonist. You know, he he did a – talk about wrestling – he was a heel mm-hmm. in the first movie, and then he went face in the second movie. And then, of course, uh, Linda Hamilton was a little bit more buff. But it, it was just a better film overall. But you are right. Usually yes. the sequels are not better. I mean, I, I mentioned Mission Impossible. Yeah, and, and the two the you mentioned, was, I, I completely awful. agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, clearly you know what you're talking about. But, like, if you look at Mission Impossible, the second movie was, was the worst of the series. But then three is one yeah. of the best. And then they went with four, which is great. And then five may have been the and best. And then the last one, six. the last one that so came that, out was very good. Yeah. That's one yeah, series where I you agree. can actually argue that, like, the later movies are better than the original, which is weird because that never happened. Um, now, Batman, yeah. Joe, Joe talks about Batman a lot, but the Christian Bale series, The Dark Knight, is another movie vastly superior to Batman Begins. I like Batman Begins, but honestly, The Dark Knight may be the greatest comic book movie of all time. Um, and it's definitely up there in the top five. So I would say that alone is another. That's three examples of the sequel being better than the original. Yeah. That was good. This last one, this last Batman was very good. It was it was very noir, like not not evil but dark, like like a very film noir kind of. It was very good. I was very impressed with this last Batman also. But one last thing, I know I know you're almost ready to wrap up wrestling. I don't know if anybody heard it. I could have missed it. One of my favorite announcers wasn't a wrestler, but was Brother Love. Do you guys remember Brother Love? He used to go, Brother, I love you. He was one of my favorites. I, I, I don't know if he's still living or not, but 
He was. I, I oh, used yeah. to watch He's wrestling actually, on Saturday mornings just to see him. Listen, uh, Frank, sorry, uh, Brother Love is actually like Brother Love is actually like well, basically the second highest ranking executive in the WWE right now. I mean, Bruce Prichard. Right. I never knew that. I never knew that. Guy. Yeah, he's behind the scenes. He's been behind the scenes forever, and he was a Brother Love character, and he was he was definitely uh, one of the all time great managers. We talked about managers earlier. I mean, Paul Heyman, all-time great. Bobby Heenan, all-time great. And Brother Love is up there as well. Bobby Heenan. I would definitely throw him in yeah. on that list. Yeah. Um, I remember, I remember, it was less than 10 years ago, we went to the Chiller. Me and my, one of my very, very close friends, a.k.a. your call screener, and we went to, like, an <laughs> autograph signing, and Bobby the Brain Heenan was there. And, and I remember he, was, he, he wasn't feeling too well. I think he was, he was in a wheelchair. But he, but he was there. I remember. We didn't meet him, but we saw him. We were real close to him. So, oh, well, I'm, I think my very close friend, aka there. your call screener, remembers. So, but yeah, no, that was great. I have a meme on my phone. I save strategically to send to people. It goes, but that was great. I used to just love it. I, I used to say that all the time. We used to go. I used to do that in school. We used to go, brother, I love you. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm going oh, to end the call with that. But, but yeah, no, it was good. Thank great you for movie. the call, I Fred. I, uh, All thank right, you. thank you. Have a great night. Fred, thank you for God the call, Fred. Bless. You too, sir. You guys God are bless. awesome. Folks, <laughs> <laughs> that was the one and only Fred. I called him Frank because he was talking about our call skater. I think Frank may have paid Fred off to say all those nice things about him. I, mean, I just wanted to throw that out there, sir. Yeah, I, when you mention sequels, the best, the biggest and best sequel of all time, they, as quite arguably Godfather 2 is the best sequel of all time. I don't think, I mean, it, it, I would say it's up to, I wouldn't say it's arguably the greatest sequel of all time, because, I mean, the facts are the facts and the numbers don't lie. Aliens is the greatest sequel ever, period, end of sentence. But, I mean, Godfather 2, there's actually quite a few sequels that are better than the original, but I think it's debatable. The Mission Impossible series is weird, because you can't say this, the, the, the actual immediate sequel is better because it's actually the, by far the worst in the entire series, but the sequels just seem to get better and better, which that's never been done before. I, can, I can't tell you a single series where the sequels got better. You look at Rocky, I mean, one was a classic, two was great. I love part three, but you know, and then part four may be my favorite in the series, you know, but for other reasons. Then part five was terrible. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of series where things kind of get wonky after the first one or two movies. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's a, we could talk about sequels for ad nauseum, but um, the fact that we only <laughs> mentioned one match at Summer Summerfest is uh, crazy. Is that, uh, <laughs> I hate to make that left turn, but geez, let's get back to the card and then wrap it up because uh, I, yeah, I don't yeah, have let, much let's go, let's run it down, sir. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you have Riddle against Seth Rollins. Um, uh, you pick first, and I'll pick second, and Frank. I I don't care. I, I mean, I guess I guess Seth because Seth has lost every pay per view he's been on. But then that's probably why Riddle will win. So actually, I'll pick Riddle. Frank. Damn, I was gonna say Riddle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. you can still pick him, Frank. I mean, I'll yeah, I got you. I, I got okay, you know. I gotta pick. Yeah, no, I'll pick him. I, I mean, I, I like that guy. Ever since he, I. The whole thing, it's just good. I, I, a good. That's my pick. I'm going to pick Seth Rollins. I think this is the right, perfect time for 
perfect time for RKO to come in and um, go heel on Riddle, so I will pick Seth Rollins in that match. Um, okay. Match, a match that um, we want to talk about, don't really, you know, you have Liv Morgan against Ronda Rousey uh, for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I'm going to pick Liv Morgan because um, to have her drop the strap this soon after winning the Money in the Bank and then cashing in against Ronda Rousey, I can see uh, Liv Morgan winning. I just don't think Liv is that good. I don't understand the fascination with her. I know she's from Melbourne Park, but I could care less about that. The only thing that matters to me in Melbourne Park is friendly. Um, I'm actually going to pick uh, Ronda. I think that Liv will lose it. I don't think that Liv is, is that great in the ring, and she seems very unsure of herself. So the strap will go back uh, to Ronda Rousey. Frank, what about you? I'm going to go Liv Morgan there. Um, Joe, who was it? We were looking. At, we were looking at a picture of of Liv, and who was the other wrestler? And we we couldn't tell which one it was. Were you? Uh, uh, Andy Rose. No, it was Alexa. Oh, Alexa yep. Bliss. And yeah. we were looking. We were looking at a picture, and we couldn't decide who it was. They're very similar. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna go Liv Morgan. They are okay for sure. What next match, sir? Uh, Bianca Belair is defending her title against Becky Lynch this match. Um, you know, Becky Lynch is the only person that competes against Bianca Belair, but I think Bianca somehow finds a way to win that match, so I'll pick Bianca. I think Bianca should win. I mean, last year at SummerSlam, of course, is when Becky came back, and they had that 22-second match. Um, you know, just just for the sake of argument, I'll pick Becky just because um, you're picking, you're picking uh, what's her name, Bianca, so we won't, we're not picking the same people. But, Frank, what about you? Um, I'm going back and forth on this one. Uh, I'm going to go Bianca. Okay. okay. Um, Next match, sir? Then you, then you got the Undisputed Tag Team Championship, uh, the Usos against the Street Profits with special guest referee Jeff Jarrett since they're in Tennessee. I, will, I know that I, I'm guessing you're going to pick the Street Profits, but um, I think that the Usos will hang on and win the title, uh, retain the title yet again and you'll see them uh, lose it finally at the next review, what is called White Castle. But I think the Usos will win. Um, well, it's, it's not called White Castle. It's called the Clash oh. at the Castle. What are you talking about, oh. White Castle? <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? Listen, bottom line is I would say that the Usos are going to win, but there is a lot of rumors that the, I think it's their brother. Uh, Solo Sokoa from NXT is coming. He's either a brother or a cousin. I'm not sure. He may make his appearance. I'll say maybe he costs uh, Street Profits. Uh, I, I'm going to pick the Profits, but I'm going to say uh, the only caveat would be that Usos may win because of their, their brother slash cousin slash uncle um, helping them win the title. But I think that um, the Bloodline is going to lose all the belts, so I'm going to pick against them. I'll pick the Street Profits. What about you, Frank? I'm going to take the Street Profits. High five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, next uh, match, sir? Next match, you got Pat McAfee against uh, Happy Corbin. Uh, you first, Dave. Uh, McAfee all the way. I mean, I still hate the fact that Pat was embarrassed and humiliated by Vince McMahon after beating Austin Theory, or he was Austin Theory at the time, at uh, WrestleMania. I thought that was terrible. That was a joke, but I think Pat wins. And I still don't know why they call him Happy Corbin, but um, I'm, I'm going to pick him, sir. I, mean, I don't see how you could pick anybody else. Frank? I agree. I'm going to agree with that one. 
Yep, and I'll agree with you too. Pat McAfee has to win that match. Um, there's no other reason uh, than I'm definitely thinking that. The uh, last two matches uh, on the card, you have the United States Championship against, uh, you got Bobby Lashley defending against Theory. Uh, I will say that Bobby Lashley somehow retains that title. I don't think that Theory needs a title. He already has the money in the bank, so I will pick Bobby Lashley. I agree. I don't see how Theory wins this match, honestly. I mean, I guess it would be cool if he's the U.S. champion that he wins holding the briefcase, so I, I don't think that's ever been done. So if I want Lashley to win, and I agree with you, I'm going to actually pick Theory just to be just to counterintuitive. What about you, Frank? I'm going to go Lashley there. Yeah. Okay. We'll see what happens. And then finally, the main event, um, this match – is at nauseum. You got Roman Reigns against Brock Lesnar for the title, uh, the Universal Championship, uh, WWE, and I think that Roman Reigns will win the match. And um, I, I think that Roman Reigns continues his, his streak, uh, continues the reign, and will retain the title. So the reign of terror continues. As far as Joe's concerned, I'm going to say Brock Lesnar. I don't see how you bring Brock back for Roman Brock '74, and you have. Brock lose again and again and again. I'm going to pick Brock. I think they need to get the belt off Roman, and I'm saying the Usos are also going to lose. So I think the bloodline will lose all the belts. Frank, what about you? I'm going Brock Lesnar. All right. We'll see what happens. Um, We're going to – yeah, uh, so that's Summerfest. The reason why we previewed it today is because um, we're going to take a week off next week and resume uh, PG uh, in August. Um, uh, We're just going to take a week off, and uh, that's your SummerSlam card and predictions. We'll talk about more when we come back uh, in two weeks. I agree, sir. I definitely agree. Joe, Frank, I would say this is a great show, a fun show. had a lot of great callers. I mean, really enjoyed this show, gentlemen. Really did. Me too. Me too. I agree. Have a good week. Yeah. You too, sir. Folks, thank you so much. As always, um, you know, this, this is a, a great show. You know, check us out on iTunes. Check us out on Blog Talk Radio. Let's get those listings going. Um, again, you know, we, we always we're thankful for all of our callers. Thanks to both angels. Thanks to Steve. Thanks to, you know, Fred. I mean, you know, everybody who's listening out there. Uh, thank you so much. Okay, I'll admit it. I'm an egomaniac. What can I say? Shame on you! As usual, I'm right, you're wrong. Are you kidding me? You are the biggest phony I have ever met. Obviously, clearly, maybe, definitely. A fresh take on sports and entertainment. Dave and Joe tell it like it is. Wait Talk Radio every week. David and Joe are simply the best. I've been listening to Pure Gold ever since I was a baby, and I still do. Pure Gold is the best. I love Pure Gold. Pure Gold. I got two words for you. Pure Gold. You guys are awesome. Don't forget to follow Pure Gold on Blog Talk Radio. And don't forget to subscribe to Pure Gold on iTunes.